Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. Well, as has been said time and time again, all good things sadly must come to an end. Uh, Such is life for the surging Los Angeles Lakers, who were in prime position to go on an extremely long win streak to start the season after dropping the first game. Unfortunately, transition defense weakness, turnover issues, as well as lackadaisical offensive shooting all combined to bring an early end to a seven-game win streak as the Lakers dropped their first home game of the season to the defending champion, Toronto Raptors. The Raptors may have found a defensive star in Chris Boucher, and the Raptors are proving that post-Kawhi Leonard, they're going to be just fine relying on Pascal Siakam, who has looked unstoppable to start the season. I am your host, J.C. DeLeon. And this is the Hoopball Lakers podcast on Hoopball.com. As always, this podcast is brought to you by Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee Company. Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee, you can check out their website at HawaiianIsles.com on Amazon. You can search for them by searching Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee or on Twitter at H-I Kona Coffee. It's H-I-K-O-N-A Coffee. So to recap the Lakers game last night, <clears throat> uh, as stated earlier, they did lose their first home game to the defending champion Toronto Raptors. And as mentioned, they were in prime position to go on a really long win streak. The Raptors obviously don't have Kawhi Leonard anymore. Uh, they just received word that Kyle Lowry, Lowry with a broken thumb is going to be out a couple of weeks. On paper, this seemed like an easy win. Uh, the Lakers are going to have... Uh, play four of their next six games at home. This wasn't part of a back-to-back. This seemed like an easy win for the Lakers, and I'm sure that might have been what happened going into it. Uh, But the Raptors proved to be really tenacious defensively, and they exposed a a couple of really uh, really unfortunate things for the Lakers. Right off the bat, one of the numbers you'll notice the the most looking at the box score is 32-8. to That is 32 transition points for the Raptors to 8 for the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, the Lakers um, have proven so far this season that while they're great defensively in the half court, they do have issues with transition defense. And this is something that uh, even Rick Buecher mentioned in a tweet where this is going to be an Achilles heel for the Los Angeles Lakers. And this idea was even uh, was even um, concurred by Kyle Kuzma, who, who said as much, that this is an, an Achilles heel of the Lakers. And winning masks a lot of negative things uh, about your team no team is perfect and yeah during that win streak um the lakers received a lot of help from their bench a lot of help from guys like danny green and yeah people may not have really noticed that transition defense is going to be an issue if a team is young runs a lot and has length like the raptors uh yeah that's going to be it's going to be a problem for them and uh 
could be a cause for concern later in the season. This is something that the Lakers obviously will have to address. But the good thing is Frank Vogel has said as much um, that despite winning, uh, they don't really look at the result to focus on what they need to learn. Even though they've been winning, they know that it's an Achilles heel for them and it's something that they have to address. And so hopefully it's something that he can address throughout the season. Time will tell. But let's take a little further look at this game through the box score. So we mentioned Pascal Siakam looking nearly unstoppable, and he had 24 points and 11 rebounds, 4 assists, 3 blocks, 1 huge one on uh, LeBron James in the 4th quarter. OG and Anobi had a couple of really nice moments. Uh, Fred, Fred Van Vliet is, I think, the... To me, I think is a surprise for the Raptors. I didn't think that he'd be able to continue his his hot shooting from the playoffs. It seemed like an outlier. Um, I didn't think it was sustainable, and he's he's had an excellent start to the season from what I've seen. And uh, Chris Boucher, uh, I think he might have been the big lift off the bench for the Raptors with 15 points, shot really efficiently, seven for 11, three blocks as well for him, two steals, uh, two rebounds, made a three as well. <clears throat> But to look at the Lakers, whenever this is something, this thought of mine is more applicable in the playoffs. Whenever I look at a result, I tend to think uh, what's replicable and what's not. What's likely to happen again? Uh, what was the surprise? Or what's likely not to happen again? Sort of thing. And, you know, to look at this game, Pascal Siakam played 42 minutes. He obviously can't play 42 minutes every night. This is something that I'm sure he did to try to come away with this game. He's young. He can he's got the energy to play to play those minutes and he's healthy, but obviously every night he can't play 42 minutes. Same thing for Fred Van Vliet. He played 39 minutes. Now this is probably due to the injury to Kyle, Kyle Lowry. However, yeah, this isn't a sustainable model for these guys to play this many minutes. <clears throat> and to look over at the Lakers side. Um Again, what's likely to happen again, what uh, isn't. A couple things do jump out at me right off the bat. Danny Green played 27 minutes, shot 0 for 5, uh, gave 3 rebounds, 2 assists, 1 steal, 1 block. But yeah, didn't make any free throws, didn't make any baskets, so it was 0 points for Danny Green from the bench. Um, KCP, who despite his questionable shooting to start the season has been fairly reliable on defense. Um, he only played four minutes tonight and obviously scored zero points because he didn't have much of an opportunity. Only shoot, shot two field goals, missed both, only got one rebound in his four minutes. Um, wasn't in foul trouble. Um, I guess for whatever reason, just couldn't, couldn't find a reason to keep him in the game. Uh, Troy Daniels, I think, provided a nice lift off the bench. Now on the show, we've talked about sort of the comparison between KCP and Troy Daniels. And yeah, it's pretty interesting. Troy Daniels uh, was able to find more minutes tonight and he obviously made three, three pointers um, and shot three for five scored 11 points overall. And so he was able to provide a little bit of a lift off the bench offensively. Didn't provide much of a spark on defense, not anything noticeable, at least not on the stat sheet. Um, but yeah, he's he seems to be finding ways to play where um, KCP is obviously falling out of the rotation. K um, Quinn Cook had a nice little game, 
12.7 rebounds, three assists. He 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 handled the offense pretty efficiently when he was in there. I think he made the most out of his minutes. Um, Dwight Howard, nice game off the bench for him. Nine points, six re- six rebounds. I do want to talk about JaVale McGee a little bit. I JaVale McGee in this game started out really hot. He had a lot of energy in the first quarter, a couple dunks, um, a lot of rebounds, offensive rebounds. Uh, I loved his energy. I loved what he, what he was providing. However, dude gets in foul trouble really easily. He had three, three fouls in the first quarter that pretty much ended his half. That kind of took his momentum out of the whole game. I love the way he started the game. He started the game in a way that was really encouraging. And yeah, I think because Dwight had to play maybe earlier than he was used to, or for whatever reason, just couldn't find a foothold on this game, either one of those two guys. Kyle Kuzma is working his way back from injury, and so I think it's it's to be expected he's still going to be a little rusty. Uh, he shot 6 for 13 tonight, which is not bad. He did shoot seven threes, which is a lot, and he made three of them. He did miss two really important crunch time threes, although he also made two crunch time threes. And so with Kuz, I think, you know, I think the Kuz giveth and he taketh away. Uh, I think, uh, but I did mention on Twitter that I think it's really important for Kuz to, to take shots in those moments, make or miss. He's really young. He's going to be relied upon really heavily in moments like that. I think he needs to know what it feels like to be the guy in that moment. I think he knows I think he has to know what it feels like to shoot those shots in those moments. It'd be nice to know if he if he knew what it felt to hit those shots, but I think that's to come. He obviously has the confidence to do it. And so yeah. It's important for him to take those moments head on and yeah, despite the result I love the fact that he took those shots. I love the fact that LeBron trusted him to take those shots. And so, to me, I think that only speaks to um, speaks volumes to how the future will play out with, with this team. And, of course, let's talk about the two main guys, LeBron and Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis had a really nice game, 27 points, 8 rebounds, 4 blocks, 2 steals. Just all-around good game. He shot 2 for 5 from 3, which is good. Um, he's been shooting a lot of threes lately, and... I'm not a fan of it, not yet, um, but the fact that he is getting better, um, I do I do like to see that improvement, and I do like to see the confidence in the shot. <clears throat> this was a game where, you know, LeBron, I think, is, he's gone on the record this year, this year so far as saying he's not about this load management stuff. Um, he, if he's healthy, he'll play, and I think there's going to be games where He's going to be a little passive. And so I think it's really hard, 82 games, to rely on LeBron in year 17 for him to be the man each and every night. <clears throat> this, however, was a frustratingly passive game for LeBron. Um, he's he's had that double-digit scoring streak since, I believe, 2008 or 2007, where he's scored at least 10 points in every game. And he went into this game there was I think four minutes left in the game in which he finally got his 11th point overall he finished with 13 15 assists which is great 
13 rebounds. Uh, the 13 rebounds is a little bit concerning because I went into this season thinking that this is going to be his highest assist, lowest rebounding year. And he's had a few triple doubles so far this year, which is good, but that means he's rebounding way too much, which means uh, AD and either JaVale or Dwight uh, aren't rebounding enough. I don't know if that's really a cause for concern. It's just something that I didn't think was going to happen. And so something that might need to be addressed. <clears throat> but yeah, turnovers. Turnovers are going to be a huge problem for this team. Uh, team-wide, they had 12 turnovers tonight. Um, I mentioned the fast break advantage was 32-8. to eight. Um, Anthony Davis had a couple of dead ball turnovers, which don't necessarily lead to transition defense, but... Um, um, but bad three point, bad three point shooting does as a team tonight, the Lakers shot 10 for 30, which was, that's a lot of misses and 33% and a lot and long shots equal long rebounds. And that's when a team, a team like this with a guy like Siakam can play really similarly to a team like Milwaukee, who's got Giannis guys who are really young, who are long athletic. Uh, can run really fast. I think, yeah, that's going to be a problem for the Lakers. So what can they do about it roster-wise? Well, roster-wise, right now, probably not a whole lot. Uh, it, The transition defense issue can be addressed through effort. I think it can be addressed through coaching. Uh, and I think it can just kind of be addressed through, uh, through genuine want to. Now, after seven games... I mentioned that this this could have been the start. This could have been the middle of a really long win streak. If the Lakers had won this game, next they have the Suns, who are really good this year, uh, but they don't. They're still the Suns, and while they're overperforming, I do feel at some point there's going to be a, a regression back to the mean, and so you'll see the Suns start to come back come back down to earth a little bit, and so you figure if they'd have gotten past the Raptors, they can get past the Suns. Warriors are obviously in a down year. Then they have the Kings on Friday. So that could have been that could have been a nice 10-11 game win streak to start the season after dropping the first one to the Clippers. <clears throat> Unfortunately, that didn't happen. So back to looking at the roster. Um, and to look at the roster now, uh, you have to examine, you know, you have to look at the injury report. And so... First and foremost, I think, is going to be Anthony Davis's shoulder and how important he is going to be. Uh, he he tweaked his shoulder a little bit on Sunday. He's gone on record as saying he feels pain every play of the game. Not something you really want to hear, you know, as a Laker fan who obviously this season put literally has a lot of weight on Anthony Davis's shoulders. You don't want to hear that he's he feeling pain. In his shoulder, however, it does seem to be a manageable thing, and he gets it treated every night. And you figure at some point, with some rest, either lo- either through load management or once the All Star break comes, that'll be that'll be really good for him. Second injury concern, I think, is R- Rajon Rondo. Rondo is obviously not going to be any kind of a solution when it comes to these transition defense issues, as he's a little bit older in age. However, since he's not as potent offensively as, you know, like an Avery Bradley or something like that. Maybe 
while LeBron and AD are running the defense, he can sort of act as like a safety in case there are trans in case there are turnovers and things like that. It's hard to say. Plus, he tends to be a good long ball rebounder, which might be good if you're going to be a bad three point shooting team. But overall, yeah, don't necessarily look for for Rondo to be any kind of solution to the transition defense issues. Uh, as far as his return, he was early reports indicated that he was aiming for a return on Sunday at this game against the Raptors, and obviously he didn't play. So I think right now his return is up in the air. Uh, however, also all signs do point to positive things as far as his interaction with the team. He's on the bench um, cheering on his guys, and so once he comes back, you figure he's, he's going to be all in. That being said, I anxiously await his return. And I do think, I do think he'll... He'll provide a positive boost to this team, as well as be a coach on the floor. So let's take a look at the week ahead. Now, as one winning streak ends, another one possibly can begin, as the Lakers have four very winnable games coming up. Now, before I go into detail as to what those games are, I do mention that a winning streak is possible, and the Lakers have four very winnable games coming up, and this is something you can take advantage of financially. Uh, You can go to one of our new sponsors, mybookie.ag these games are fun and they're fun to watch but you know what makes them more fun is betting a few dollars on them and if the lakers have a few winnable games coming up you might as well try to win yourself a couple bucks and try to try to bet on them starting a new winning streak Uh, so you can go to mybookie.ag our online betting partner here at hoopball you can sign up for a new account and use the promo code today that's the word today t-o-d-a-y and my bookie will match your first deposit up to $1000. Head there now. Again, that's mybookie.ag and the promo code promo code is the word today. So as mentioned earlier, uh, the Lake the Lakers have a game coming up on Tuesday versus the Phoenix Suns and the Phoenix Suns off to an extremely hot start in their last 5 games. They've won 4 out of the last 5. Their only loss coming to the Miami Heat. No. They have a couple of impressive wins in those four wins. They've while they've beaten the Grizzlies and the Warriors, who are on, on a little bit of a down downturn this season. Uh, they did beat the 76ers and they did beat the Brooklyn Nets, and they beat the Brooklyn Nets uh, to the tune of 138 to 112. So, this is a Phoenix Suns team uh, that can score. Uh, they can score a lot. Um, they can score a lot, which I think is going to be a, an interesting test for the Lakers in their half-court defense. Uh, Devin Booker scoring 25 points a game. Uh, Ricky Rubio has always always been one of my favorite point guards in the league to watch, and I'm happy that he's experiencing a bit of a resurgence in Phoenix. Uh, but the over-under on the Phoenix Suns coming into the season was, I believe, 29. And they've already won six games. They're 6-3 right now, so it seems as though they're going to smash that 29-game win streak. And although, as I mentioned earlier, there probably will be a regression back to the mean and the Suns will come back down to earth a little bit, they're still riding really high. And so they're going to be up for this game. The Lakers are coming off of a loss. They, you know, This could be not a turning point for the Lakers, but I think... It, the way the Lakers have started to experience a losing streak, although it would only be two games, um, I think would would kind of would derail things a little bit. Maybe not too much, but it's not something you want to see. Uh, you definitely would like to see the Lakers begin a new win streak, and they can do so with this game. So that's on Tuesday in Phoenix. 
After that, the Lakers do play four of their next games at home. So they are they are at home until the 19th. So you figure out of the next eight days, they're only on the road for one day. And that one day on the road is, is in Phoenix, which is an extremely short plane ride. And so the Lakers have a lot of time to kind of hammer out these transition defense issues. They have a lot of time to, you know, for more team familiarity and things like that. It's It's a really good time in the schedule. It's never a good time for a loss. And like I said... This is an extremely winnable part of the of the schedule. You figure they play. Yeah, this could have been 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. Up until they play the San Antonio Spurs in San Antonio again on the 25th. Like this could have in theory been a 13 game winning streak. And man, would that have been impressive. But having said that out loud, now it does seem unlikely, especially given the way that, um, especially given the way that the Lakers do tend to have transition defense issues and the way that Phoenix scores, I didn't expect for this to be a game to to pay a lot of attention to. But it's definitely going to be something that you won't want to miss. And if you're a gambler like me, this sounds like it might be a game where you want to hammer the over um, because the Suns do score a lot. And while the Lakers are good defensively, as we saw on Sunday, they have a tendency to give up a lot of points as well, transitionally. Golden State Warriors uh, are going to be on a... The Golden State Warriors are in a bad way this season. They lost Steph Curry to a broken hand. He There's talk of him just sitting out the, the year, which I think is kind of ridiculous for a broken hand, but I'm... I'm obviously not him, and I saw that the way the hand was broken, and it seemed like it seemed like more than a broken hand. It seemed as if his left wrist kind of was bent backwards almost. But yeah, I'm I'm not I'm not one to officially speculate on the seriousness of his hand injury, but to sit out the whole year for a left hand injury does seem a little um, a little ridiculous. The Sacramento Kings are a team that a lot of people were really high on. I was not. And I think I've mentioned it on one of these shows before where, yeah, a lot of people liked the Sacramento Kings. They brought back almost the same team. They added some veteran uh, veteran depth with Trevor Ariza. And so a lot of people thought that was going to propel them to the playoffs and bringing back the same team, uh, you know, was, was only going to help them. Plus, you know, teams like, the, teams like the Warriors, possibly the Spurs, were going to be out of the playoffs. And so somebody has to fill in those spots. And so they, you know, people thought the Kings would fit in there nicely. Um, yeah, they have not started the season very well. Um, I wasn't sold on them earlier, like I said, and they started the season three and six. Buddy Heald doesn't appear to be happy there. And I know that he, he eventually signed an extension, but they don't appear to be using him right. It doesn't seem like a marriage made in heaven uh, for the Sacramento Kings. Uh, then on Sunday, they play the Atlanta Hawks, which would be an interesting game. Trey Young has played really well this season. He is someone who, um, in another show I've talked about, how I've had the running joke where I wasn't initially convinced that he was going to be a uh, a great player in the NBA. He obviously has turned out to be a good player, but every time he does something good, I jokingly, jokingly <laughs> on Twitter, uh, always say that, yeah, I'm not convinced. <laughs> but obviously I am convinced at this point, and so that should be a fun game as well. 
After that, looking at next week, they've got a couple of games against the Oklahoma City Thunder, but I'm not going to um, look ahead too far into next week. Just going to focus on this week. So, yeah, this week I think is a good week for the Lakers to to try and get better. Focus on some things. Experiment with some things. These You're playing some teams that are not going to be in the playoff hunt for either of their, either of their conferences, including the Phoenix Suns. Let's be real. <laughs> Despite their start. So so this is a this is a good week to learn and this is a good week to uh to really kind of focus up. This is a good week to heal up. Uh at, you got to figure at some point while well, LeBron might have been on record saying he's not going to take any load management, he and that he is healthy. Anthony Davis is not healthy. He's you know, he's he's mentioned that shoulder thing a couple of times so far this season. He's tweaked it a few times and so that dude's got to get some rest at some point because a lot of important games are resting on that man. <clears throat> so that being said, for the week, let's take a look at the overall standings. <clears throat> so the Lakers, in, in a lot of power power rankings, ESPNs, Bleacher Reports, uh, you know, everywhere you kind of see the Lakers at the top. Boston, I think, I think a lot of people expected Boston to be good. I, I, I looked at I looked at the dismal performance of Team USA this summer at in the World Cup and saw that Kimba Walker was there, Jalen Brown was there, uh, Tatum was there. Kind of people people looked at it as the USA Celtics, and they obviously didn't play very well against international competition. And so I, while I knew the Celtics were going to be good, I didn't quite peg them to be number one in the Eastern Conference, which they which they are right now. At seven and one, technically they have a better record than the Lakers, but they've played one less game than the Lakers, and so yeah, right now uh, Lakers are tied for that one seed with Denver, and Boston is atop of the Eastern Conference at seven and one. Uh, Toronto seven and two, Milwaukee is seven and three. But over in the West, you've got some surprises. Dallas is playing really well to start the season. Dallas was a team that I do feel like people were overlooking uh, in the way that people were. Highly praising the Kings, I think people were undervaluing Dallas, and so Luke has been playing out of his mind this year, and so has Kristaps. And yeah, together, I think they've they've proven to be a, a really powerful duo. Utah, despite the slow start of Mike Conley, is off to a six and three start, and so right now, what you're looking at in the West is a lot of six and three. There's one, two, three, four. There's five teams that are six and three, two teams that are seven and two, and so. Right now, at this point, it is a little ridiculous to t- talk overall standings, and I know that I'm the one who started it, but <laughs> I do think it's important to kind of see where people are at now, you know, especially because there are interesting things in that. You know, one of those six and three teams is the Houston Rockets. They are obviously an extremely potent offensive team. Uh, they're a very poor defensive team. They give up a lot of points. They, they're not a very big team. Uh, Clint Capella and Russell Westbrook are going to be the two leading rebounders, and I think beyond that, you have a lot of people who you know, who are going to shoot a lot of threes, and that's kind of their M.O. And Some nights they're going to be hot, and some nights they're not, and so that's when... You know, that's when, that's when this thing is going to look like a failure. Now, it's obviously too early to tell how successful the reunification of Russell Westbrook and James Harden is going to be. But I personally don't see a lot of success come playoff time with it. Uh, Minnesota's got a winning record of five and four. 
Uh, Andrew Wiggins has actually been playing pretty well, which I'm happy about. He was somebody that I was looking at coming into the season as, you know, at this point in the year, at this point in, in this century, a lot of people are looking at who's, who the, who's going to be the next LeBron. And Andrew Wiggins, although I think it was, was really skinny coming out of can- high school in Canada, a lot of people really liked his game. I did too. Uh, the start of his career has been un- undoubtedly been a little been a disappointment, and to see him play really well this year, I think I'm happy about. <clears throat> uh, Portland is an interesting interesting team at four and six. They're obviously going to start to pick that back up, but yeah, the the playoff picture is nowhere near complete. It's obviously too early to be talking playoffs, but I did kind of want to take a look at these standings to see what's interesting and what stands out. And so, yeah, there there are things that stand out even on the East. Brooklyn's four and five, so is Cleveland. Cleveland is Cleveland is actually a really fun team to watch. Kevin Love and Tristan Thompson are killing it in Cleveland. It's it's great to see. And of course, you got the Miami Heat, uh, despite the issues that they have with Deion Waiters, um, who hasn't suited up so far this season, but he hasn't been. He hasn't proven to be too much of a distraction in that they were able to find two two rookie gems in Kendrick Nunn and Tyler Hero. So, yeah, this is early in the season. There's still a lot of things to pay attention to and a lot of things to catch up on, a lot of great storylines. Um, but, yeah, this being the Lakers podcast, they do seem to be one of the more interesting teams and one of the more fun teams to watch, and it's great to finally see them be great again. So, overall, I believe that's going to do it for this edition of the Hoopball Lakers podcast. You can find me on Twitter and and Instagram at jcdeleon1. You can find my other co-host, Ethan Noroff, on Twitter at ethan underscore noroff. That's N-O-R-O-F-1-F. And you can follow the show at Hoopball Lakers as well as the other Hoopball shows. There are a ton of them. If you go to hoopball.com or follow at Hoopball on Twitter, just look at who they follow and follow every one of them uh the site is great for fantasy news and updates and things like that and so those are the things you want to pay attention to if you are into that and until next time i'm out this has been a hoop ball presentation say goodbye to your credit card rewards greedy corporate mega stores led by walmart and target are pushing for a law in congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets the durbin marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it if you love your credit card rewards tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards tell them to oppose the durbin marshall credit card bill